Right, so I've got to use this. All right. Um, my name is Dan, and um, I am a second. I'm a second generation church planter. My father, John, planted um, a church in a little place called Stratford in Taranaki, New Zealand. Has anyone heard of Stratford? Not that one. Although we do do this weird thing where we um, have named all of our streets after Shakespearean stuff. So it is a bit weird, but it's cool. It's a little town. It's 6,000 people. And um, our story is one of, I grew up in the South Island. I grew up in Dunedin. I grew up in um, the bottom of the South Island with a very Southern family. And uh, when I was about eight or nine, my dad got rather rebellious towards God. And uh, we had a bit of a wilderness period. And in that wilderness period, uh, he encountered uh, the teachings and the, the, the things of John Wimber. And one day, God spoke to him quite clearly about moving up to the North Island, moving our whole family up there and going to a Bible college and getting back into ministry and doing all those kinds of things. So we, um, when I was about 14 or 15, we started planting a vineyard church. And um, my, my memory of it is my job was to back the station wagon up to the garage, load it up with some sound gear, and we'd drive into Stratford, and, and we'd, do, we'd do church, we'd, we'd do this thing. And I watched it grow from 10 people to 20 people to 30 people. I, I watched this thing as I grew up as a teenager. And um, I remember being 15, and... Um, before, before we planted that church, uh, we, Dad was pastoring another church, which was a very complicated church. And, um, and, and we had these things, like you, you guys might get them really soon. It's quite cutting-edge technology. We had these things called videotapes. Um, the, the black ones, you know, and you put them into this thing called a, it's called a VCR, and you can record your TV shows. It's great. You Just hold on. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> Flushing toilets, <laughs> far out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, I remember being sort of 14, and um, we, we used to, in our church, this is before it was a vineyard church, we used to, we used to get, sorry, before we planted our vineyard church, we, we, um, we used to get this video library that would be delivered to our church every month, and there'd be sort of 30 videos, and you could borrow videos and return them and all that sort of stuff. And I remember one ending up in our lounge, and it was this one of, um, of Hillsong, Hillsong Worship. And on the cover was this lovely blonde lady, Darlene, you know, doing her thing. And I remember watching that video, and I remember, I remember seeing, you know, people and a big band, and they were doing this thing of worshiping God. And I've, I've grown up a musician all my life, and um, my, my family are very musical. And I remember watching that and thinking like, man, there's something about that. There's something about this whole thing of leading people like that, music. Man, this is, this is cool. This is cool. And I, I started to enjoy these videos and watching these videos of, of, of worship taking place, you know. And when I was, when I was 15, my, my mom my mum said to me, she said, um, we're going to go up to Auckland, which is about four and a half hours north of, of Stratford. We're going to go up to Auckland, and we're going to go to a, a little worship conference um, uh, by the Vineyard Church that, well, we're now part of, we're joining. And um, I remember thinking, I don't know if I really want to do that. That's a long way away. And my mum my said, um, I said to mum, look, I don't really want to do that, mum. She said, you can have Friday off school. I said, mum, I'd really like to do that. That sounds great. <laughs> So we, we went up, and we went to this, we went to this small, uh, went to this church in, in South Auckland, and um, 
There was about 100 people there. And in my mind, when she said worship conference, I was picturing this thing I'd seen on the videotapes, you know, I was picturing this big thing. But we walked into this, you know, a church that felt kind of like this, you know, it was, a, it was upstairs, there was some plastic chairs, and there was about 100 people, and, and it was, I was just like, what is this? This, is, this isn't what I saw on the video. And then these two guys with American accents, there's there two guitars just sort of sitting on, on stands, and uh, these two guys, Scott Underwood and Ryan Dalmore, you know, some of you might have heard of those guys. They, they got up, and they were wearing, they were like, I wore this on purpose today, because they were, wearing, they were wearing a flannel shirt each, and they were wearing jeans, and I thought, gosh, they look pretty normal. <laughs> and they got up, they picked up their guitars and quickly tuned them, and they just sort of said, a bit like Neil did this morning for us, you know, we're, we're going to worship. And, um, do you know, in that moment, for that next 40 minutes, that, that's when I gave my life to Jesus, you know? You know what I mean, right? Yeah. It's, it's when it happened. I was just, I'd been following Jesus, but that's when I gave my life to Jesus. That's when I realized what he was up to and I wanted in. And the package of these just two guys with guitars and the intimacy and the, the, the authenticity and everything that was going on in that moment, I just, I wanted in. I wanted that. And I gave my life to that in that moment. And I made plenty of mistakes yet to come, you know, but, but I was trying from that moment forward to live a very authentic life of, I, I'm, I want in on this thing. And so, so thus began my journey of, of really following Jesus in a way that said, I'm in on whatever you're going to do with my life. I, I went and studied graphic design after school, ended up uh, moving to Auckland when I was 20, and uh, left home, moved to Auckland, and, um, and I took up an internship at what was then Vineyard Music with a guy called Dave Kane, and um, I did my internship there for a year, and while I was there for that year, Shore Vineyards, which is over on the North Shore of Auckland, offered to, to me to become their youth pastor. So I became the youth pastor, and after a couple of years, I became the associate pastor, and so for a decade, I worked at Shore Vineyards with Vic and Fran Francis, some of you guys might know them, and um, a couple of years ago, that all started getting turned up on its head, and we started hearing the Lord say to us something new. And, um, and to my wife. I, I met my wife when we got married six and a half years ago, and we started doing this together. And then the Lord started speaking to us together about something new. And uh, we uh, discerned that, worked through it, and over a course of about a year and a half, we transitioned out of being the associate pastor of Shaw Vineyards to now becoming a church planter. And we are planting a church at the moment. We're six months in, We've, uh, we've got about 40 people gathered uh, around, around what we're doing and, and, and who we're following, Jesus, and uh, we're, we're doing this thing. And, um, and it's like, you know, I was 15 when I had that encounter, when I gave my life to Jesus. That was half my life ago. I'm 30 now. And um, now here I am doing what I feel like half my life ago I set myself up for and said I want it, you know. And I love it. I love it. And I'm here with you guys. And I love being here with you guys because I'm a, I'm a Queensland supporter in State of Origin. So, yeah. And I'll tell you what, I'm not, I'm not just doing what bands do when they come to your town and they're like, you're the best, I support you. No, 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 I do. Now, I, I don't support you for a very deep reason. It's just the fact that Tate plays, was playing for you guys when I started following State of Origin. And he is a warrior at the time. So that was why. All right. Anyway, but Queensland, I got a jersey and everything. I mow the lawns in it. All right. All um, right. 
I am the real deal. And I did not say that to Sydney. Don't worry. I did not say New South Wales, I support you. No, 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 no. It's, uh, I kept that one for you guys. All right. So, so Lloyd, Lloyd's talking about this whole thing of um, lurching, controlled lurching. You know, last night he talked about lurching to the edge of the kingdom. And um, today, Vicky and Lloyd as well, are going to talk about that other side of the diagram that they put up last night, which is this whole thing of, but we also have to lean into building community. And we were taking part in, over the last two years in a church plant training uh, track that the Vineyard New Zealand's been put on, uh, been putting on for church planters. And Lloyd taught on this a little while ago, this whole thing of we learn to walk by leaning to the kingdom and leaning to the community and, and walking those two directions. And when we heard that, uh, it was in Wellington, um, what was that? That must have been about 18 months ago now. It was, it was the year before last, wasn't it? When we heard that, we realized that that's really important. And we, we, we kind of put it on like, you know how the kingdom of God kind of becomes that, that worldview that Wimber talked about? It becomes the way we see the world. For us, this became like a bit of a polished lens in those glasses that we, we started to realize this is, this is a tension that's really important to, to look to the kingdom, the advancing edge of the kingdom, to be ready to get messy, but also to, to lean into doing the hard work of just discipling people. And it reminded me of, a, um, I've got a, another slide there, guys, um, the next slide. Um, Augustine, a very smart man, said, if it comes up, he said, without us, uh, sorry, without God, we cannot, but without us, God will not. Pretty profound, eh? You know, without Without the sovereign, amazing power of God, the miraculous work of God, you know, we, we just can't. We can't do some of these things. We can't see revival. We can't see renewal. We can't heal anybody, you know. But also, there's this weird thing that without us, God will not do some of these things. There's, there's things that God has, he has, he has commissioned mankind with and said, you're it. You're my church. You're, you're, you're it. You're my hands and my feet. Tag, you know, empowerment, off you go. And so uh, that, that quote, that thought from Augustine and, and this, this, this um, controlled lurching that Lloyd is, is talking about with us here, this thing of, um, of lurching to the kingdom, lurching to the sovereignty of God, the power of God, the awesomeness of God, and then lurching to the things of rolling our sleeves up and getting our hands dirty has become really important to us in learning to walk as a church plant. And so I just want to share with you guys today just, just our story of, of what we've been discovering as we've been walking this. So Lloyd unpacked the kingdom last night, and so today Vicky and Lloyd are going to unpack the community building. So they're going to get you know, all the details of that out. But I just want to talk about what it feels like to be in the midst of those two places and what we've discovered and some truths we've found and some experiences we've had, just as an encouragement, but also maybe as a bit of a checklist that just says, oh man, are we still doing that? Or maybe we've left that behind or maybe we have forgotten about that. So I, I hope this will be a bit of a blessing to you. Um, you know, our story as Christians I think it's Dallas Willard who put it this way. He said that the, the New Testament, the story of the New Testament is that we are to find new life in the kingdom of God right now. That's, that's the gospel, isn't it? It's like, is that we, find, we, we begin to live new life in the kingdom of God right now. And those, that's very important, those positions, isn't it? It's like we live this new life. And if we're living new life, we're forever being transformed. We're for, forever tweaking. I guess we're forever planting, you know? And, um, and in churches, it's the same. 
Because a church is not, as we know, just a structure and a building. A church is a group of people doing that. And so a church has this same transformative walk. And it's been funny talking as a church planter because I've realized even when I was working for 10 years at another church, that church was still being planted, right? It doesn't, it doesn't stop. It's forever being planted. It's forever transforming. And so we are forever, as Eugene Peterson puts it, churches in formation. And I love that. I've been loving the... Um, I've been loving Eugene Peterson's uh, writings this year. I've just been digging into some of them. And, and he says this at the start of the, uh, the Message Bible and the introduction to the book of Acts, which is the story of the church in tr- transformation. He says this, The story of Jesus doesn't end with Jesus. It continues in the lives of those who believe in him. The supernatural does not stop with Jesus. Luke makes it clear that these Christians he wrote about were no more spectators of Jesus than Jesus was a spectator of God. They are in on the action of God, God acting in them, God living in them, which also means, of course, in us. It's this thing of we're tagged into this, the story of what God is doing. And then he, he um, I've, I've picked up, if, if you're a pastor, if you're in ministry, I would highly recommend that you read this book. This book is called The Pastor, and it's Eugene Peterson's memoir, and it's his story of discovering his vocational call of what it is to pastor people. It's called The Pastor. The Pastor. The Pastor. And um, it's his story. And this book, has I've been crying myself to sleep upon reading some of the stories in this book because it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. And some things that I've been overlooking have been in there, and I've just I've found myself repenting on my pillow. My wife has been asleep long gone, but I've been lying there just going, oh God, man, did I get that wrong. He talks about this one chapter, which, oh, he talks about this one chapter where he realized he was treating all the people in his church as problems to solve rather than people to love. And I was like, oh, <laughs> you know? Anyway, he says, he says this. He says, Um, He's telling the story of planting his church in the 60s, and he says this. He says, I introduced Acts, the book of Acts, as the text for understanding and participating biblically in becoming a church. A congregation in the Maryland Hills in AD 1962, in continuity with the church of the Judean city of Jerusalem in AD 33. Next slide. If we were to be formed as a church after the pattern of Acts, we absolutely had to absorb it into our imagination as a story, not a manual, a story that gave us room to respect our church information and all its unique particularities, a story to enter, not a blueprint to follow. He's just talking about this grant. He took his church through the book of Acts and, um, and just, just took it through the sweeping. Let's see what we notice. Let's see what the Holy Spirit's doing. And so today, I want to have a little moment with you guys of doing the same thing. And, and before we open Bibles, so if you've opened your Bibles, close them, please. Um, I bet you don't hear that often in church. Um, what I'd love for you to do is I'd love for you to talk, turn to the person next to you for a moment. And without opening a Bible, just purely on what you can recall, I want you to answer this question together. What do you recall from the story of the church in Acts, learning to walk? What do you, what do you remember around the church of the book of Acts, the, the story of the church of Peter and Paul and these guys in this church? What do you remember about them learning to walk? What do you notice? What did they do? 
What did they get their hands busy doing? What did, they, what did God do? Just, just turn to each other and share those things for a few minutes. What do you remember from the story? Go for it. Go for it. All right, let's, 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 um, let's see what we found. Let's see what we found. Do you guys want to just, just call out some of the things you talked about? What did the church do? What did they, what did they get up to in that story of Acts? Call them out. Right. Beautiful. Yeah. They were preached boldly. Yeah, beautiful. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Lurch boldly to the edge. I love that. There we go. Yeah, a lot of obedience, a lot of teamwork. Beautiful. Yep. What else? Passionate. Mm-hmm. What else? It's a big story. The what, sorry? The Holy Spirit fell on them. Yep, they were empowered by the Spirit. What else? Yeah, I mean, they were in jail for crying out loud, and still God was working. Yep, getting stoned. Yep, the old-fashioned way. Thank you, Neil. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> this is being recorded. Just make sure that that's in the right context, please. Yep. <laughs> yep, lots of miracles. Yep, yep. Listen to the expansion in that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's just... That's just that's just nitty-gritty being people together, right? I mean, that's just, let's figure this out, let's nut this out. I mean, one of the things I find peculiar is, it, we're only in the first chapter, they drew straws to figure out who should replace Judas. I mean, like, has, have you guys done that one lately, you know? Like, huh? <laughs> who should be our worship leader? Neil. <laughs> like, like, what? Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, wonderful stories, isn't it? Oh, yeah, a couple more. Mm. Just a very human dynamic, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that's interesting, isn't it? Because it's, it's working in another culture. I mean, they're in amongst another culture, another people group. They're not just, conf- they're not just with themselves. They're moving into another area. They're doing all these things. Mission is taking, part, uh, taking place in the story of Acts, isn't it? I mean, there's getting on boats, getting shipwrecked on boats. There's, um, there's all kinds. What a great story. What a great story. Um, let's read together a little bit of Acts together. Acts chapter 2, 47 through to 47. Um, 42 to 47. Did I say 47 to 47? Oh, something like that. <laughs> this is what um, Carol was alluding to before. It says this, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place, and they shared everything that they had. They sold their property and their possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper. They shared their meals with great joy and with generosity all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. What a 
beautiful snapshot, eh? What a beautiful snapshot. Now, we're talking about this whole thing of, of lurching between kingdom expansion and community building. In this text here, in this snapshot, we can see both of those things at work. We can see this lurching on one leg over to the, the kingdom expansion. We can see that the apostles are performing miracles, signs and wonders, that there's awe, deep awe taking place in people's lives. That there's, um, I actually find that generosity, the generosity in this, I think it's over on that leg. <laughs> because, man, I, <laughs> if you want me to sell my house and give the money to the poor, that's, that's a miracle, you know, like that's... I reckon that's, that's, God's got to speak pretty clear. As it is, God is speaking pretty clearly to us about giving up so much to do the things we're doing. But I mean, listen to this radical generosity that's going on in here. It's, it's a miraculous work. So if we lean onto that leg of the kingdom expansion, and then, and then we lean over, we, we walk on another step, we lurch another step, as, as Lloyd's been t- talking about with that analogy, we, look, we, look, we walk over and we see that there's these community building things. There's, there's I mean, you can see it in just the, the, the sense of they are distributing food. They are teaching the scriptures. They are meeting together. There's this activity of we're doing things. We're, we're working with things. We're, we're, um, we're rolling our sleeves up and we're, we're getting involved. And so let's start with that first leg of, of kingdom expansion. You know, in the vineyard, we have these core values that say things like, we want to be people that encounter God. Rather than it just being head knowledge, we want to encounter His presence. You know, I can see that's pretty clear here. It's like, it's like we make room for His Spirit, and God shows up, and we're encountering His Spirit. And we're going along with what He's up to. Um, that's, that's a core value of our movement, isn't it? It's like, that's really dear to us. That's a real treasure to us. And we see it here in the church of, of, um, of Acts. We see it here. They are, they, are, they are expecting and encountering God to move and be amongst what they're up to. Um, we want to do things like power ministry. That's another core value, isn't it? We want the gifts of the Spirit, the power ministry. We want um, healing on the streets. We want people to have an encounter with God, that His kingdom would, would move mightily in their lives. And we want our worship to be worship that doesn't just kind of have people all singing together. We want our worship to draw people to intimacy with Jesus, to to bless the Father heart of God, to to give joy to God by our worship, not just by lip service, but by a heart posture. We want people to intimately engage with God. These are the core values that we have, and we can see them in this this snapshot of the church in, in Acts chapter 2. Now, as a church plant, as a church plant, here's a couple of things that we've decided to do because of the story here in Acts, because of the core values of our movement. We've decided some things, and I just want to share them with you. Number one, we've decided as we've gathered our team, our leadership team, that the, one of the things we're forever going to have on the table, one of the things we're always going to talk about is the kingdom of God. It's just going to be, it's going to be central for us. It's just going to be right there. We're always going to talk about it. Um, we gathered our leadership team together earlier in the year, and we produced our welcome pack that we give to people when they show up, right? So this is our welcome pack. We've, um, we've got quite a few sort of great creative people, great, uh, graphic designers and the like in our church team, so it looks very nice. Um, but we gave, we gave these draft cards to our leadership team in January at a meeting at someone's house. And we gave them to them, and we said, hey, we're going to get these printed, 
Before we get them printed, we'd just love for you guys to give us some feedback on what we've created. And so our team got together and they critiqued it. And one of the critiques that came back was a person said, you guys have got on here about three times the phrase, the kingdom of God. I mean, is that helpful? You know, like, well, people know what that is. And I said, that's the point. The point is that we're forever going to be putting it on the table. We're going to explain it. We're going to show it. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to, this is going to be on the table for us all the time. So we made sure that the phrase kingdom of God shows up in what we're creating and doing and showing and demonstrating. And so as a result of that, um, that has meant we've made some pretty interesting decisions next click down the line. Um, I gathered a couple of people who are our worship uh, team at the moment. We've got a worship leader. Uh, we've, got, we've, got, we've, got, we've got like two worship leaders and one of, them, one of them's uh, great musically as well and the other one's uh, a girl who can only just sing. Um, so our worship team at the moment is an acoustic guitar guy and um, a, a girl doing co-leading with him. And I remember sitting down with them. At, we had coffee in January. And, um, and I said to them, look, I love worship, but I never want a worship lead in our church. I never want a worship lead here. The reason being, I've done this a long time, and, and I, I want you guys to find the life that I've found in doing this job and doing this role. And so I never, I never want to pick up a guitar. I never, want to, I never want to be that guy. I want you guys to take ownership over this. And I want you guys to grow this thing. You know, and they're kind of looking at me both terrified and, um, and excited. But it's like they're up for it. And um, the one thing I said to them, though, I said, look, let's get honest. I've been a worship leader for a long time. And sometimes, sometimes you work so hard and you lead people in worship. And you get to the end of that time of worship. And somebody gets up and they say a prayer and they sit everyone down and they move on. And you're left with the feeling, I just warmed up for someone else rather than making room and a space for the King of Kings to do his thing in our midst. And, um, and I said to them, here's the one thing. I don't, I don't want to pick up a guitar and worship lead, but here's what I do want to promise you. I will forever be looking for when you're worship leading and you get us to a place and God's on the move or the Spirit's up to something, we will honor that and we'll treasure that and we'll make the most of that moment. And so we made a couple of decisions. We made decisions like when we do worship, we always want our worship leaders to feel like they're getting us to a place where God can move. And He moves in the worship for, without a doubt. But we never want to get up and just sort of go, thanks for warming up for us, guys. Now we're going to do the real thing, which is teaching the Bible. You know, like, no, 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 no. We want all of that stuff to feel valued. And so we made sure that we had that conversation with our worship, with our worship team. Um, we, we've been teaching people, um, I mean, you guys have been you guys. This, this is nothing new to you. But when you're planting, this stuff is, this is just what I spend most of my time doing at the moment. Um, we're teaching our people to pray as people of God's presence, rather than just praying, hoping God might do something. And um, we're teaching them that seven-word prayer that just encapsulates the vineyard. Can I pray for you right now? You know the one? Like, not, not I'll pray for you and, um, and <laughs> let's move on. No, can I pray for you right now? And we're trying to teach our leadership team the importance of this. When, when, you, see, when you see something, that's an invitation to step to the edge of the kingdom, the advancing edge, and see what God might do. Look for it. Just make the most of it. 
Again, it's a bit like the worship thing I was just saying. Like, we want to get to a place where, where worship takes us to the edge of the kingdom and we see what happens. And, and we want to live our lives, you know, in our, in our, in our workplaces, in our, in, our, in our week, with this lens that says, God's on the move. How, how can we partner with Him? Now, if you've been doing the vineyard thing for a long time, that's, that's like a no-brainer. You're like, of course. But when you're, when, you're, when you're gathering other people who are new to this, I mean, we're young. And we're gathering a lot of other young people. They don't know who John Wimber is. They, they, don't, they, they didn't experience those things. You know, you guys are talking about this rich legacy. And I'm like, man, I love that because I've grown up in it, you know. But we're gathering people. We've got this lovely girl who's in our leadership team. She's a graphic designer. She's a Presbyterian background. And, um, and, and she, um, she just... Actually, what happened is she told us that she was going to be in our church plant long before we ever invited her. Um, and she was around for dinner one night, and she's like, so guys, when's it happening? We're like, what's what? what when's what happening? She's like, your church plant. Like, I'm in. And we're like, how do you even know about that? Like, it's, it's, it's secret. Like, we haven't told people. And, and we're just like, this is awesome. And she is like a, she's really, she's gold. However, she's from a Presbyterian background where the sort of, can I pray for you right now thing is a little like, I don't quite know what that means yet. But, but, we had a leadership meeting a couple of weeks ago, and, um, and she sort of said, um, God, I think, yeah, God's given me a picture, and she shared it, and you could just tell she wasn't happy about it, because she wasn't happy about the fact that she's, like, becoming one of us, you know, like, oh, the stuff you keep talking about, how God can speak to us, oh, he's actually doing it, you know, I love that, I love that, right? equipping the saints, getting people going. So, so we're doing that. And, and the other thing we're doing, because, you know, like I said, you know, a lot of the things that we've experienced in our rich legacy of people visiting our country and great speakers and great ministers, because these guys haven't experienced that, they, they don't know what this looks like. We've got to do our best to bring people through to visit who will model that for us, you know, worship leaders who will model it for us, um, ministers, prophetic people who will minister and show people what it looks like to minister with that prophetic heart for people. So, so we're, we're, we're trying to look for who can we bring in to impart something. Whereas I think when I'd been doing church for 10 years, we stopped doing that. We're kind of like, we're good, thanks. We'll just take care of this. And we've had this, we've got this real sense now of like, man, if someone's doing something, Let's bring them in. Let's get them with our leadership team. Let's, let's suck the life out of them, you know? Like, we want what they've got. <laughs> Give it to us, you know? So, that's leaning on the leg of teaching people, learning to walk this edge of the kingdom thing, right? And now, we do just like the book of Acts, we also have to walk across and do the thing of building community. And so, one of the things we've decided in building community is that gathering together like this, gathering is really important. Now, in my generation at the moment, it's not, you know, gathering, gathering's kind of like, well, I might go to church, okay, so gathering, meeting together, it's actually quite a countercultural thing for, for Gab and I and the people around us, is it's like, man, to come together and to worship and minister and be in each other's presence and midst and, and to seek God together is really important, and people are like, oh, I'll take it and leave it, <laughs> And we're just saying, no, no, no. So we're championing that again. And we're saying, no, to meet together is good. To come together is good. Like, like oh, what do, you, what do you mean you can't be bothered? Like, that's not good enough. Come on. Like, and we're just trying to push back on that a little bit. So gatherings are really important. And as a result, we're trying to do gatherings really well. We're trying to, we're trying to make sure that it's worth people's valuable time to be at. So um, 
We're doing them well. Um, we're trying to catch people well. And so, and this, I used to think this was so unspiritual, but um, I've now become great friends with a thing called spreadsheets. Like, we, I'm like, man, the administrative side of me used to think this was so unholy, but now I'm like, oh, spreadsheets are quite spiritual, aren't they? Like, you're, you're gathering, you're gathering people. Those names are people. You know, there's a whole book in the Bible called Numbers, which is a, it's a list of people here, you know, and I'm realizing like spreadsheets are that. Um, people, people on my spreadsheet are people we are encountering, people who we are inviting into life with us, people who we are going to them and inviting them to life. And, and as our spreadsheet grows, in the back of my mind is like, our church is growing, you know? I, um, just what, since we came to Australia, we, we have a website, we have a website, and on the website is a little form people can fill out to um, sign up to our little newsletter and stuff we send out. And when people fill that out, it automatically pushes their information into the spreadsheet that I'm talking about. I don't even have to do anything. And while we've been in Australia, I got a little notification that said a new name had appeared. Like, I don't know who these people are yet, but they're, com- they're coming to our church this Wednesday when we get home. You know, like, ah, that's awesome. Because a name, a name that pops up in that spreadsheet says that's another person who we're encountering, and I love that. We gather every week. Uh, sorry, we gather, we, gather, um, we gather every month at the moment. We gather monthly on a Wednesday night because we're just gathering people. And, and at that gathering, like I said before, we're really trying to do them well. And so to do them well, we are making sure that we've got four things that we will always do. Number one is we will worship because it's a high value for us. Number two is we'll do ministry, prayer ministry. That's number two because it's a high value for us. Number three is we'll teach the word because that's a high value for us. And number four, we will always do communion. And the reason, again, it's a little bit of a generational thing, and that is I think that eating together around a table, taking the Lord's table together, remembering the story of what we've been invited into around that table, I think that is another cultural thing of our, of our generation that people can relate to powerfully. And we want to do it every week, every week, every time we get together, sorry. Um, you know, sometimes we push that to a monthly thing in churches, sort of because it's like, we've got, a, we've got 1,500 people or something. How the heck do you do that? We, we, I have this sense in my heart, and I think it's just something the Lord has shown me, and that is that the communion ta- table is a very powerful place. It's a kingdom place. And, um, and I forever want to have that table extended out to people. Okay? So those are four things that we're doing at our gatherings to help build community, to help bring people. Because it's beautiful, isn't it? Like you have the communion table and it's open to everybody. And there's, there's people of different colors. And there's people of different um, gender. And there's people of different age. And they're all coming to this moment and realizing, huh, this is for all of us. It builds community. Um, here's another place of great community building for us is that our dinner table has become a place of great uh, we've just we've just met people. People have come to our table. Uh, people have come to our door as strangers, and they're leaving as friends because of what's happening at the dinner table. You know, to eat together is very spiritual. You know, it's it's a it's a beautiful thing. And, and I know I know I'm I'm preaching to the converted here. I know that, but I'm just trying to I'm trying to say when you start planning a church. All of these places become thin places where you're like, God's on the move, you know? Like, and and we've, we've, had, um, we've had times of having dinner with people in great pain. And we sit there and we counsel with them and we pray with them. And we, and all around our dinner table. All because our dinner table was the place we decided to meet. Rather than not meeting. It's really cool. Our dinner table. 
You, you've been scared of it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't believe that. <laughs> I find that hard to believe. <laughs> yeah, and that's so cool, isn't it? That's what we do. Anywhere, anytime. Just do it. Maybe we should shorten it to just, just do it. It's three words. Okay, I've taken the seven words. We've made it three, all right? It's just do it. Let's just make it that. We've all got, t- we've got T-shirts. We've already got it all sorted, haven't we? It's like our, our, our branding campaign's already sorted. Half the world's witnessing it. No, it's just a vineyard T-shirt. Um, what else? Community. What else do I want to share with you guys? We're experimenting. That's another thing. We're experimenting. We're giving things a go. Um, I think, I think um, cause I, like I said, I worked for a church for 10 years, and I think one of the things I yearned for is just, just that we'd experiment a bit more, that we wouldn't, we wouldn't hold things so tightly and so controlled that we don't want to give things a go. And, um, and that's not to say we didn't experiment, but I think a church plant is a place where it's like, let's just give things a go. So we've given um, meeting for dinners together a go, and people came to those. That was great. We gave having a board game night, and no one came to that. So no, no worries. Um, it's State of Origin on Wednesday. We're going to gather people and watch State of Origin afterwards, you know, and fight. Um, <laughs> that, that's a new one too. Um, <laughs> Um, there's actually a guy in our church plant who's coming, who's coming along and he's just given his life back to Jesus in the recent weeks and um, he's a New South Wales fan so um, I'm going to have to tread that one really carefully he's tender at the moment, you know he's, I'll forgive him, definitely it's, it's him I'm worried about, not me, you know we, um, we have, we've, or, we've only been going a few months and we've already had our first baby in our church right, so our worship leader and his wife they've just had their first baby and, um, and actually, it was a funny story because she went into labor during our last gathering, and he still led worship. Like, she, she, went off, she was at the hospital, and he was like, no, no it's okay, it's, it's only 30 minutes. It will be sweet. So he led worship, and then he quickly jetted off to the hospital. And I was like, dude, just go, you know, like, it's okay. And he's like, no, no, it's cool. I'll, I'll just, I'll <laughs> Whoa. So either he really loves what we're doing, or he's just a little bit bonkers. Um, but it's good. And, and, and I was so, here's, here's building community. Um, it was so cool because when, when that baby was born, Gab started sending a message around to other people in our church team, and those people were fed for two weeks, you know? Two weeks, we got them meals every night. People popped in and said hi. And, and, and these guys, you know, they're still strangers to a lot of each, each other. They, 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 don't, they don't even know addresses, you know? Gab's having to send the address to people because they don't know where they live. And yet, in this moment, people are arriving with a hot lasagna, and having a quick look around, saying hi, God bless you, you know, oh, I love that. And I'll tell you what, it's a miracle to get someone in their early 20s to make a lasagna, drop it off to someone, you know, like that's, that's a miracle, <laughs> you know, it is. We've got young people who are flatting, it's hard for them, it's a cost for them to do a meal for someone else, and they're doing it, because it's community building. Right, so I'm going to move on. Those are what we're doing. We're doing plenty of other things too, but that'll do. Here's just four things that I've learned, some truths that I've observed in this time, and then we're going to land this thing. Number one, we must sing the song of the vineyard. That comes back to what I was saying before. We've got people coming towards us. They don't know our kingdom theology. They're looking around on the internet, and they're seeing a thousand things And when I say kingdom of God, they're thinking of so many different things that they've heard or seen on a YouTube video or or they've they've read in a book by some other author. 
the kingdom of God that we have, the theology, the experience, it is a treasure to us, isn't it? It's a treasure. Like Lloyd said last night, we have a theology for healing, but we also have a theology for dying. We have a theology for when God doesn't move. And, and it's okay. It's okay. And, and when, you, when you're working with people and there's so much going on and you can talk about this with people and you can help teach them through it and, you can, and they can experience the kingdom too. So I'm not saying it's all about it just being okay. It's not. It's about also reaching in for the kingdom. Um, when those things are happening in your midst, it's beautiful. And, and, and I just want to just encourage you guys again and say we've got to sing our song. We've got to sing the song. I think it's a Carol Wimber saying was to sing the song of the vineyard. And so we are. Um, we've had a young lady who recently um, just heard me teach on the kingdom being now and not yet. And she came up to me afterwards and she said, that has just brought so much freedom to me now because I thought I was failing because things weren't working. It was like there was a beautiful moment of her just realizing it's okay, it's okay. Number two, so we've got to sing our song. We've got to be proud of what we are and amongst all of these other things that we could be. Number two, um, community is a current buzzword for my generation. It's a buzzword. And the result of a buzzword is that we say community and we make it like a little idol that we want to reach. And we kind of think that if we're doing something that's sort of community-ish, that we've got there. But we haven't got there. As Vicky and Lloyd are going to share later on today, to build community is a far more gutsy and, and vulnerable thing than I think a lot of people would like to say it is. So I, I've been sort of thinking about this, and I think a lot of people think that community is like the tree, but actually I think community is the taste that we would describe for the fruit that's hanging on the tree. It's a bit different. I think that we sometimes taste the fruit of the spirit of love in our midst, and we go, that tastes a bit like community to me. I think we taste the fruit of forgiveness between two people, and we go, I think that's community to me. I think, I think we're getting there, you know? Whereas I think the temptation might be to say, hey, let's put the word community up on the wall and all aim for it, and then we never get there. <laughs> Dietrich Bonhoeffer said this, those who love their dream of a Christian community more than they love the Christian community itself become destroyers of that Christian community. Even though their personal intentions may be ever so honest, earnest, and sacrificial, God hates this wishful dreaming because it makes the dreamer proud and pretentious. Those who dream of this idolized community demand that it be fulfilled by God, by others, and by themselves. So they enter the community of Christians with their demands set up by their law, and they judge one another and God accordingly. It is not we who build Christ's church. It is Christ who builds his church. That's in the book Life Together, if you just wanted to have a look at that, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. So community is the, it's the taste of the fruit rather than the tree itself. Number three, here's another thing that we've learned, is that we are in the business of mess it up, tidy it up, mess it up, tidy it up, mess it up, tidy it up, on and on and on. God messes something up, and we race in to do our part and tidy things up afterwards. He, he miraculously moves in someone's life. And it's our job to then help walk them through, disciple them through what it then means to live that out. Lloyd's going to share more on that tonight. But that's the business that we've found ourselves in. Just let God be God. 
And then we do our part and we just help love these people back to life. And the fourth thing that I've learned, and if I could rename this whole thing of leaning to one side, leaning to the other, walking to one side, walking to the other, I'd call it this, power and love. Love and power. We're forever on the look of where's God's power, what's it up to, and then we're forever going, how do we love someone? How do we do this? And it's very, it's echoes of Paul, doesn't it? The writings of Paul, where he just said, you know, if, if I have all of these things, but I don't have love, I'm useless. And I think this is the beauty of this tension that we're talking about, is that when we walk to that advancing edge of the kingdom and we encounter God's power, if we do not have love, if we cannot walk those people into a loving, transformative community, if we cannot bring them in, if we cannot love them, forgive them, do all those sorts of things, then we are useless. Yeah, we might see some amazing things, but we would be useless. And so to close, I just want to throw up one picture. When we were praying for, for you guys, for visiting um, over here in Australia, um, the Lord gave me this picture of an oil rig, and, 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 and just thinking about it and sitting with it for a while, I, just, I, I think this is what he's just sort of showing me. I just want to share it with you. Under, under this surface, there's this, there's this well of oil. And the oil rig did not put it there, did it? No, the, the, the earth, the chaos, the, the power has been sitting there doing its thing, making oil. And then this oil rig, this structure, this system, this, this bunch of plans and metal and, and um, valves and pipes has come along and it's able to take all of that chaos and all of that um, activity under the, under the surface there and it's able to draw it up and it's able to make it something that's useful. And I think this is a picture of what it is to, to, to do these things that, that we're talking about. It's, it's to take the kingdom expansion, the thing that's of, it's like, it's just going to do its thing, baby. <laughs> but our job is to, is to come along like that oil rig and to see it pumped into the good of the world, the usefulness of the world. You know, the scriptures tell us that it's never tired of doing good. You know, let us never tire of being the structure that would take the kingdom of God and, and, and distribute it into this world. And so if we were to take that oil rig and move it elsewhere where there was no oil underneath, it's pumping nothing. And if we were to have no oil rig, then all that the, the oil is doing is just, bleh, you know, it'd be good for rolling around in and getting covered in oil, but it's, it's not helping anything. It's not serving anybody. And so... And so that's just the picture I just want to leave you with, a picture I think that the Holy Spirit was whispering to me about. And, and it's like, let's just be in check of, is our oil rig, are we sitting over that sweet spot? Are we there first and foremost to serve, to pump? Are we sitting on it or are we sitting somewhere else? Or are we just rolling around in the oil enjoying a good time, you know, getting all slippery? I think the invitation of the Spirit of God would be, hey, let's bring this thing together because together that's how it's meant to be. Amen. All right, it's 5 to 12, so I'm not too sure what's going on now. What are we doing? What are we doing? What's that? You know where Kirk went? I'm lost. What should we do? <laughs> I've, I... I mean, I'd love to say, hey, let's pray, but it's like, you guys are just going to do that anyway, so. <laughs> yep, yep.
Yep. Yep, sure. Beautiful. There we go. Now, you see what I did there? Do you see what I did there? I made room for you guys. To, you know, that's, that's all that was. That was, de- that was just delegation. <laughs> no, I'd love to. Let's stand. Let's stand. Cool. Cool. Thank you. Holy Spirit, we, we just, actually, just to use that analogy a bit more then, Holy Spirit, we thank you that you have been working. You have, you have been a great oil deposit under this nation and on this nation, that you, that you bubble away, Spirit, that, you, that you, you are deposited here. Father, you are working. Father, you are, you are at work. You have been and you will be, even despite our efforts. You will work your kingdom, your kingdom power, your kingdom encounters. And so we thank you. We, we treasure that. You know, we, we treasure it. It's valuable. A bit like when people do find oil, it's valuable. It has something of value. And God, we, play, we pray for our part as that oil rig, the, the builders of community, the people who would be a structure that would take the kingdom power and deposit it in others for the good of others, for the, the, for the good fruit to be uh, growing for others. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, um, heal structures today that are, that are kinked, that are broken, that, are, that, have, that have been um, hurt maybe, and, and, and work powerfully for the rest of today. I, 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 feel like, um, I feel like what we're doing in this moment, and it's not because we've got lunch coming up and I want to get out of here, not at all, but I know, I know where we're going for the rest of the day with Lloyd and Vicky. And I feel like there's deep work coming for some of you during the day as people talk and as we minister further. But this moment is just to say, God, we're open for it and we're ready for it. We welcome you. We welcome you. And, and we make our hearts open for the things that are still coming today because there'll be healing works at hand. There'll be healing works in our minds and the way we think about church and church and think about our structures and we think about our people. There'll be people who will come to mind that we might need to forgive. We might need to do some activity with. There will be, there'll be things that come to mind, come to our hearts. And so we open for that in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You guys are awesome. Go Queensland. Maroons. <laughs> All right, Kirk. I don't know what's happening now.